What's up, everyone? Welcome to a, another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Stephen Hamner, and uh, for those who uh, are regulars for the for the show, it's uh, different with my voice leading the the intro as uh, Eric is not with us this morning. It's an early Wednesday morning, but uh, don't worry, he will be back next week. Uh, things schedules are just a little crazy during the holidays, but we wanted to get something out for y'all before uh the holidays kind of kind of hit full swing and uh, eric did want me to pass along that he finally admitted that houston hip-hop is superior to all his florida music that he was talking about uh for those that listened to the past last episode y'all, y'all know what i'm talking about and uh what i just said may or may not be true uh we'll have to hit him up to, to see what he really thinks but anyways you can find this podcast on itunes on spotify and as always, we are being uploaded to www.nfldraftdiamonds.com, or you can find that Twitter handle at Draft Diamonds on Twitter, and, and they do a great job of kind of highlighting and spotlighting uh, diamond the rough type players and giving them a, a platform and you know h- helping them potentially get to the next level. And so we have partnered with them, and they are uh, gracious enough to host us on their site. And so again, find them at www.nfldraftdiamonds.com or their uh, Twitter handle is at Draft Diamonds. Um, but man, a lot, lot of news going on, especially in the, the the quarterback world that you know this podcast kind of stays in. Specifically, the group of five quarterbacks and kind of the quarterbacks who who aren't getting enough uh, exposure recognition like we think they should. So uh, we're just you know continuing to try to create a, a quarterback hub, if you will, and we are have more exciting stuff going on that we are excited to share with y'all down the road. But right now, we kind of just wanted to jump into some bowl games and, and some quarterback bowl matchups. And we will also uh, recap the the three bowls that have happened and then preview the bowls that are, that are uh, coming up with the uh, group of five quarterbacks. Before we get into that, I want to touch on the transfer portal briefly. So me and Eric have, have, ta- have talked about the transfer portal the past two episodes, and eventually we're going to have some episodes coming up where we touch on each transfer and, and where they're going and, and how they're going to fit in that offense schematically. Uh, but we kind of want to wait until the dust settles, uh, until we you know take a lot of time to, to break down each transfer. We don't want to you know speculate where someone's going or where someone should go. But you know I still want to talk about there's there have been so many people quarterbacks in the transfer portal, uh, specifically quarterbacks that we co- have covered over the past few years. Uh, so I just it's just worth mentioning, you know, Chris Robinson from FA, FAU and Patrick O'Brien from Colorado State, Ash O'Hara from uh, Middle Tennessee State, and uh, you know, uh, interesting signing from Jack Abraham going from Southern Miss to Mississippi State. So there's a bunch of uh, you know well-known quarterbacks in in the, the our community, if you will, uh, that are in the transfer portal or have already uh, you know committed to another school so just worth keeping up uh, just something that is worth keeping up with uh, you know anthony russo another guy from temple going to michigan state i think it's an awesome uh spot for him um, so it's interesting to see where these group of five guys are going that we've talked about but i'm also interested to see you know because they're just as many power five guys i would i would assume as there are a group of five guys and the transfer portal right now so that is something uh that i find interesting uh, for the simple fact that I think a lot of Power 5 quarterbacks are going to be transferring down to to the group of five. We see that every year, but I think we'll see it more this year. Um, so something to keep a, keep an eye on, as there have already been uh, guys transferring from the Power 5 to group of five uh, in this transfer portal cycle, uh, for lack of better terms. But just something I wanted to touch on and just name a few guys that you know we have covered uh, the past few years, and it'll be interesting, interesting to see where they all end up. And uh, you know we'll, we'll still be excited to cover them, and we wish them the best. So... 
Okay, now the transfer portal stuff is kind of out of the way, and we were able to touch on that briefly. Let's go ahead and just kind of recap the bowl games that have happened so far. So the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl, not not much of, of a game as App State took care of North Texas, 56-28. And there wasn't a bunch of quarterback takeaways uh, from this game. You know, App State had like 500 yards rushing on the ground against North Texas. That, that defense is always going to be uh, suspect, as it has been the past few years. Um, Zach Thomas, you know, they didn't need to pass much. Uh, I think it was eight of 16, a hundred something yards and a touchdown, but we wish him the best as he's, he's been someone that we've covered and, uh, he's been a great player for the app state and the Sunbelt conference. And he's kind of paved the way for improved quarterback play. If, if you will, uh, with the Sunbelt having a lot of good quarterback play and, you know, he, he's been doing it for several years. So he'll take his talents to the, to the next level and we wish him the best. And we're excited to, to follow him as far as it relates to North Texas. They're without Austin Ani. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why, uh, but him and Jason Bean have shared duties for most of the season for North Texas. And it was just kind of the same story. Their offense was, was fine. They missed out on some plays. Their star receiver was gone. So, you know, that definitely hurt. But um, the big thing was Jason Bean was kept in check on the ground. He was forced to throw through the air, which he did a fine job. Um, 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, but just not enough to keep up with App State's offense. And App State's defense, of course, was uh, able to, to limit any big plays and limit Jason Bean's dynamic ability. But with that said, I think offensively, North Texas is in good shape next year. Uh, again, it always comes down to, to the defensive side of the ball for uh, North Texas. Next, let's touch on the Idaho Potato Bowl and the Boca Raton Bowl, which were played yesterday. We're recording Wednesday morning right now. Uh, the Idaho Potato Bowl, man, Carson Strong for Nevada. Again, another awesome game. Five touchdown passes, 22-28, and 271 yards through the air. Nevada won 38-27, uh, but the game wasn't even that close. Tulane had a, 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 rushing, a long rushing touchdown with less than a minute left in the game to kind of make that score look closer, but Carson Strong dominated. I think you're going to hear a lot more NFL buzz about Carson Strong next year. You know, if y'all listen to the QB Spotlight podcast or y'all keep up with what we post on Twitter or, or the articles we put out, y- y'all know that we are fans of Carson Strong. Uh, extremely strong arm, <laughs> uh, no pun intended, uh, but also j- just an accurate guy. He, he gives his receivers uh, a chance uh, to make a play with, with every ball. So that, that's, that is something to look forward to. He is someone to look forward to next year. He, he gave us a glimpse of the step he took from his freshman year to his sophomore year, which he just completed. So someone I'm very excited about next year. Michael Pratt, the freshman quarterback for, for Tulane. Another guy I'm excited for. This was probably his, I guess, his worst game uh, of the season. He's had a great true freshman season. I believe he was 12 of 25. He had three picks and just couldn't get much going. And uh, But you still, if you're a Tulane fan, um, you have to be excited that, you know, you're the new offensive scheme, you, you have a quarterback that will be able to to run as their offensive coordinator has uh, left to slip miss. And let's touch on the book or Tom Bowl. A bowl, I think everyone was looking forward to, especially the, the, the quarterback matchup. However, it kind of turned out to be uh, a dud, uh, if you will. And BYU came out just firing, and there it was really no game at all. However, it had the chance to be closer, you know, uh, so let's talk about the quarterback real quick, and then we'll dive into the game a bit. So uh, Zach Wilson uh, with another hell of a game, just throwing the ball through the air and just yeah, several touchdowns. And, and as they won 49-23, to 23, uh, he's someone we haven't talked about a ton of the podcast just because he gets a ton of recognition from the media. So but anyone that follow, follows this podcast knows how well Zach Wilson's been playing. But let's talk about Dylan Gabriel real quick because he was 21-45, of 45, 217 yards, and 
and two touchdowns. And this was a, a, a game for UCF to show, hey, even though we had a down year, like we were still one of the best uh, group of five schools where, you know, the reality is just because of their defense, they, they probably are not one of the best group of five schools this year. When I say one of the best, I mean probably top, not one of the top two or three, which they are used to being. Of course, they're probably still the top five. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily all on Dylan Gary, but I thought, especially the first, the second drive, there was a wide open receiver, uh, hit him in stride, and the receiver dropped it. That would have been a touchdown. That would have been that would have put them fourteen to seven and kind of right back in the game. And you know, so that 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 drop happened. BYU gets the ball back and they score quickly, twenty one nothing. And it's just hard to come back from that when BYU wasn't allowing anything deep. They kept everything in front. There were a few drops. I thought Gabriel actually started the game off good. Uh, it's just once some of the drops happened, they took with the deep shots. It just kind of turned out to be a, a dud of a game. Um, but as, as weird as you know it sounds with the, with the stat line that it is, I still thought Gabriel has uh, has has obviously had a hell of a year, but showed some good things against a good BYU defense. Even though the stat line wasn't uh, you know a, a pretty stat line, but obviously if you if you're a UCF fan, you want to get that defense fixed because you know the offense is going to be fine next year. Uh, but a little bit of a dud of a, of a game as far as the quarterback plays because we were expecting, uh, you know, a back-and-forth type game. Uh, but, you know, it kind of is what it is, and BYU came out, and uh, almost like a revenge game from the loss uh, to Coastal, they wanted to kind of show that, uh, you know, they are one of the better teams in the nation. So they, they had a good showing. So good for Zach Wilson. Uh, Gabriel will be back next year, and we'll excited for him. Next up, we're going to go to the uh, New Orleans Bowl. And so we have two bowl games today. It's a Wednesday. We'll preview those real quick. Uh, we have the New Orleans Bowl and then followed by the Montgomery Bowl. The New Orleans Bowl, the sorry, the RL uh, carries New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana Tech against Georgia Southern. Let's talk about the Louisiana Tech quarterbacks. Uh, Luke Anthony, of course, has uh, de- uh, suffered the, the injury. Was it the last game they played or two games? Yeah, against, against TCU at the end of the game. And so we wish him the best. So it looks like Louisiana Tech is going to be going with Aaron Allen. Um, who has split time with Luke Anthony throughout the season. He's played well at times. You know, if you remember the game against UAB, he led um, that fourth quarter drive to tie it and to, and to eventually to beat UAB. Um, so this is a good chance for him to come out and finish the year strong. Not too much I'm looking for quarterback-wise, just looking for Aaron Allen to come out and finish finish the season strong and maybe gain some momentum into next year. The Montgomery Bowl tonight is, is a game I'm actually pretty excited for. Uh, Brady White, um, and again, I'm gonna say I didn't say this at the beginning of the show. Every every player has an extra year of eligibility. So I know Zach Thomas has come out for App State and said he is going on to go to the next level and he's not going to take that extra year. I don't know about this if the, <clears throat> the same can be said about everyone, but I'm I'm assuming a lot of the seniors are going to um, are going to take their chances at the next level. I'm assuming Brady White is because he's been in school so long, but hey, hell, he could come back. So, uh, But let's assume this is his last game, <clears throat> excuse me, his last game in college. And this is something that he wants to leave a final good impression with with any NFL scouts that are going to be watching, because I'm sure there'll be some. Uh, and yes, he, he has struggled some without uh, DeMonte Coxie when he opted out of the season earlier this year. And he's going up against a good CUSD, C Conference USA defense in Florida Atlantic. So I think if you pair the fact that Scott Snow, he's without his best receiver, he's going up against a pretty good Conference USA defense. If he comes out and has a good game, that could you know could help him going forward. I mean, it's not like he had a bad season. He still had 28 touchdown passes and nine interceptions in 10 games. You just want him to take that kind of next step, if you will. And I think he was on the verge of taking that you know next step and breaking that quote-unquote stealing that that people have said that he had. 
uh, but it's just hard to when your number one receiver ups out and all the other circumstances of the, the 2020 season. But still, he, he has a chance to go out on top and to leave the NFL scouts with a good impression. Uh, of course, he'll go through his you know career and his, his games from this year, but you know, he can still finish with a good game. FAU has a chance to see more of what Nick Tronti and, and Javion Posey can, can do. Tronti leads the team in pass yards, 759 yards, and five touchdowns, two picks. Posey, uh, the other quarterback who has been getting more playing time as the season went on, leads the team in rushing with over 400 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Both QBs uh, need some work uh, as far as the passing game goes, but you know they have a they have a chance to again show the coaching staff what they're able to do. And I, I would ass- I don't know who's starting, but I would assume we'll see both uh, get some playing time. Another bowl game I'm really excited about is the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, Hawaii has one of the most exciting quarterbacks that most people haven't been able to see just because they usually play at times where people are going to bed. Uh, I, I think I might be butchering the first name, maybe even his, his last name too, but uh, Shevon Cordero for Hawaii, uh, leading the team in passing and rushing, 18 total touchdowns, only six picks. And Hawaii, you know, they, it's not like they have a, a killer record or they, have, they didn't go undefeated, but they were, they were competitive in a lot of their games, had some very good wins, and Cordero is, is a big reason why. So I'm excited for the more people to watch him play uh, against U of H. And with Clayton Toon for U of H, uh, you know, he, he's got a, an opportunity a, a, as well. Uh, and so Cordero is more of the the running threat than Clayton Toon is, although Toon, as of late, has shown he's a you know, better athlete than people think. Uh, but nonetheless, should be a good game. I would assume high scoring, uh, and let's hope, you know, like with all these games, let's hope that uh, COVID isn't an issue, although it's already shown to be with a lot of bowl games, but let's hope we get these bowl games in. Another game, a Christmas Day bowl game, uh, the Camellia Bowl with uh, Marshall and Buffalo. Let's talk about Grant Wells, uh, Marshall quarterback. Let's touch on him a little bit. Um, rough end of the season. Uh, last two games were, were his, his worst games of the season. Until Up until that point, he was playing Good football was efficient, not turning the ball over. And then, of course, the Rice game happens, five picks, and then, you know, start off the game against uh, uh, who, who, why is my, main, my mind blanking? Oh, the CSU Championship game against UAB. Start off like 0 for 10 or, or, or something like that, maybe even a little bit worse. And so, has had just two game, rough games back to back. Still had a great redshirt freshman season. Still had 18 TDs and only nine picks. So, not a bad ratio there, but definitely wants to finish the year strong. So, as a as a podcast who has covered, covered Grant Wells and covers uh, quarterbacks in the con- in conference, USA, he still had one of the better, if not best, quarterback uh, season in, in conference USA. Although, uh, admittedly, the CUSA quarterback performance was a little down this year compared to, compared to other years, but still want to see Wells finish strong. So let's go ahead and finish up these last few games uh, just to pre- preview these games, and then we'll, we'll get everyone out of here and we'll. Uh, You'll, you'll see us again on the other side of the the new year. So for 2021, we will be back. But let's go ahead and touch on the first responder bowl. Uh, Louisiana and UTSA. UTSA have coming off one of the best seasons they've had since I can can remember. Uh, was it four and four five-ish years since their last bowl game? I thought ahead if I can if I remember that correctly, maybe 2016. Uh, so I think Frank Harris and you know the the, the run game McCormick and they're going to want to finish strong against a very good Louisiana team who whose only loss was to Coastal Carolina and of course beat Iowa State. 
so I think the big thing Frank Harris and UTSA wants to do is take care of the ball. Frank Harris only had five picks. He did a great job of that during the season. And maintain possession as long as you can because you know Louisiana is going to be able to drive the ball. They're going to be able to run the ball on UTSA. Uh, Levi Lewis is a good quarterback for Louisiana as well. Good athlete and, and very efficient. Uh, he's going to want to finish strong. So you want to keep the ball out of their hands and, and you know milk the clock, so to speak. Uh, UTSA does have some big-time receivers that probably look to go to. Uh, but all in all, you're just looking for an efficient game for Harris. Take care of the ball. And on the Louisiana side, you know, just do what you always do. Just, just get the run, establish the run game and, and let Levi Lewis, uh, you know, spin it whenever he needs to spin it. But um, Louisiana is probably favored. Or it's probably a decently sized favorite. But if UTSA can control the ball, then, you know, limit the, the possessions Louisiana has. Let's go on to the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, so we got Tyler Pagrom, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions for Western Kentucky. Three touchdowns on the ground. We got Cornelius Brown, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch this year from the Sun Belt in Georgia State. 14 touchdowns, nine picks, over 2,000 yards passing. Also added seven touchdowns on the ground. Not sure what Pagrom is doing next year. He was a transfer, and I believe this was his senior year, so I don't know if he's taking that extra year of eligibility or not. Uh, Cornelius Brown, being a redshirt freshman, uh, has a bright future for Georgia State, that program. And, you know, it, it's going to be, I think it's a bigger step. Western Kentucky had a rough season. Georgia State had a good season. I think they were able to build on their successful season before. So I think, you know, Brown and, and that uh, that offensive uh, unit has a good opportunity to finish the year strong. It's a, a good Western Kentucky defense. Another game I'm super excited about is the Mortgage Cure Bowl. Liberty and Coastal Carolina. Uh, man, this is gonna. This might be my favorite quarterback matchup of both season. It was you know, Gabriel and Zach Wilson, uh, but after that, it's probably Malik Willis and Grayson McCall, two quarterbacks with a TD to interception ratio of at least five to one. Uh, so Willis is at five to one, and Grayson McCall is at eleven to better than eleven to one. As McCall has twenty three touchdowns to the air, only two picks, and Willis has twenty touchdowns to the air, only four picks, and both of them are. They're similar and they're different. So, so Willis has a big-time arm. Willis is an electric athlete. Um, 807, sorry, 807 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns on the ground. So anyone that's followed this podcast knows we're Malik Willis fans, and we're excited to see him just spin it against a good Coastal defense. I think they, I think it's going to be a good matchup. And also Coastal's, Coastal's offense against Liberty Um Coastal has one of the funnest and unique offenses to watch. And McCall is also a good athlete and good on the ground with 473 yards rushing and, and six touchdowns on the ground. So they both have done damage in the air and in the ground. They're similar but different quarterbacks as well. So both can hurt you with their arm and their legs. However, they do it differently. McCall is going to be – doesn't have that huge – that doesn't have the necessarily dynamic threat that Malik Willis has, you know, that, that can bust at 60 yards and take it to the end zone. But he's someone who's, who's efficient, and if you give him space to run, he's going to hurt you uh, on the ground. But again, he, he takes care of the ball tremendously, makes great decisions, and only being a, a redshirt freshman, man, the, the Sun Belt Conference, uh, as far as quarterbacks goes, is, is looking um, is, is looking promising for, for the future. But again, going to be an exciting matchup with, with the two similar quarterbacks, but they bring different styles as well, if that makes sense. I hope I did a decent job uh, kind of explaining the differences there. Um, let's go touch the last two games that we're going to talk about. The Armed Forces Bowl uh, with Tulsa, Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State with, with a very solid defense. This could help Zach Smith's draft stock tremendously if he has a good game against Mississippi State. 
not sure how you know everything's going to end up as that uh, as the Tulsa offense you know can struggle and isn't a big time threat and going up against a good SEC defense. But again, excited to watch that game. Then of course the Peach Bowl with Cincinnati and Georgia. Very excited to see Desmond Desmond Ritter against the Georgia defense and, and um, of course Georgia is going to be favorites and, and uh, they're going to be expected to win this game. But I think Cincinnati is going to be excited to play a, a big time opponent in a big time school. And I think Desmond Ritter is a good enough quarterback to play against anyone in the country. He's shown it this year, especially the last half of the season. Uh, he's taken a huge step forward, and, and you might be hearing some kind of NFL talk about Desmond Ritter next year. So I think this is a good game to. Uh, to kind of preview that and to uh, get Cincinnati fans not only encouraged for next year because hell if if they have an undefeated year next year it's hard to imagine I shouldn't say it's hard to imagine but it's going to make things even tougher to keep them out of the playoffs but the fact that that they had this good of a season uh, you know is going to be a big stepping stone for next year and just speaking of from a quarterback perspective and, and Desmond Ritter the step he took this year reminded me of uh, of Jamar Smith's step last year for Louisiana Tech when he took that big step and was was the offensive player of the year, I believe, for CUSA last year. So that could be that was a that this step reminded me of Desmond Ritter, how Ritter did it in his junior year, as Smith did it in his senior year. So Ritter has next year to take even a bigger step and potentially get on more NFL NFL teams radars, especially with how the offenses are evolving in the NFL. This is a guy that um, has a strong arm, very good athlete, and I think I think Georgia will be surprised by how good since he is and how good uh, Ritter is. I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia. Uh, I just think this is a good opportunity for Ritter to, to show the to show the nation because you know a lot of people will be watching, but to show the country that uh, that you know he's got an NFL future. So, anyways, guys, that's kind of all I got for us. I just wanted to you know jump on again. We missed uh, we missed our, our our guy Eric Eric Henry, um, but I just wanted to at least give us something before the holidays are in full swing. Just a little bowl preview. We talk some transfer portal stuff, and uh, as always, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, go to www.nfldraftdiamonds.com, and you can follow them at Draft Diamonds on Twitter. As always, you can follow us at QB Spotlight on Twitter uh, if you are interested in kind of the group of five quarterback play and just quarterbacks getting um, kind of overlooked in general. Uh, again, thanks for you know tuning in. We we value value y'all's, y'all's time, and uh, we're excited to watch these bowl games, even if it's not like most bowl seasons. We at least get to watch some more quarterback play. And so, happy football watching. Y'all have a merry Christmas, happy New Year, and we'll see y'all in 2021.